0: There is no place that you get to where everything is easy sailing. Yep. You know? So if you're not enjoying the experience, then you're miserable. And I've been through definitely periods of time where I was unhappy. I could say that. Um, And I've been through periods of time. I think I'm in one right now where I I was very focused and motivated. Um, And that's just, you know, part of being a human being. But um, business is a collection of problems. And you're never going to solve them all. Mm-hmm. It's basically, you know, how do you get people sort of moving together to to, to collectively sort of tackle those problems and, and try to have a good time.
1: And we're off. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the premiere episode of the Do Me a Favor podcast. Uh, My guest this week is an old friend, uh, my oldest friend, uh, who I wanted to be my first guest. I wanted him to come on for a couple of reasons. Um, First and foremost, I was pretty confident that I could schedule him and lock him down. Um, Number two, probably most importantly, um, he's someone I I truly admire and look up to, and um, not only on the business side of things, but also in life and uh you know i've seen the sacrifices he's made for his business um since day one and three he's really helped me so far on my journey so you know selfishly i'm doing this to gain more knowledge um and understanding um and there's there's certain questions that i want to know for myself so um without further ado i'd like to introduce my first guest colin wheeler my brother welcome colin
0: Thanks for having me, very humbled and honored to be the first guest.
1: As you should be, as you should be. Uh, Just some background um, on Colin, for those of you who are unaware. Um, And I'm pulling a lot of this from his LinkedIn, so um, bear with me if it sounds a bit formal. But uh, Colin started 123Junk, a junk removal service, a couple years out of college after working for a moving company and seeing the demand. With little to his name um, been there, he bought a old truck and slapped the logo on the side and started the company. Um, And right now, 123Junk is, in my opinion, the most prominent junk removal service in the DMV. And we were just talking before the show, um, even in 2020, the the shit show that was 2020, they somehow managed to pull off over 6,000 jobs, Um, 13 trucks uh, close to 40 employees. Um, and yeah, really, really doing great things. Been in business for oh, 13, 13 years. Yeah. Knew that. Cool. But yeah, welcome Colin. Um, and again, he's someone who's, uh, you know, has always had a knack for business, um, going back to mowing lawns in middle school. So he's definitely someone that I, I wanted to have on. Um, so that's a little background. So if you don't mind, I'm just gonna go in and start asking some questions. Let's some go for some, some hard hitting journalistic questions. Um, cool. So I mean we touched on it, but if you want to just talk about what you did before starting one, two, three, um, and I guess as a follow-up question, how that experience like helped you initially and, and since
0: yeah, so My first job out of school, I was fortunate enough to to land a job at at a career fair um, as I was uh, wrapping up my senior year in college, and it was for a local uh, respected moving company. And um, I had a pretty cool job for a 22-year-old. They gave me a company car, I dressed in a shirt and tie, and I went into people's homes and told them how much it cost them to move, and a pretty flexible schedule, and got to see a lot of things, got to meet a lot of people. Um, and it was a uh, heavily weighted on um, commission. And as a 22 year old sales guy, you can imagine my um, success in that role. I was competing against, you know, folks who had been in the industry for 30 plus years and I had no idea what I was doing. Um, but as I was gaining experience and trying to um, convince people to go with me, like my, my little pimple face self at that time, <laughs> Um,
1: Can attest. test? Yeah. <laughs>
0: um, one thing became really clear to me that people didn't want to pay a moving company to, to move things they no longer wish to keep. And uh, every, every appointment I would go on, there would be some discussion about, you know, let's exclude this from the, the quote. Uh, we're going to try and figure out what to do with the items in this room. Um, don't include the basement, that sort of thing. Um, and I just noticed a trend pretty early on. So at the time, um, thinking that it would help me as a salesperson uh, to uh, provide a resource to my customers uh, when they had that sort of comment, I reached out to a couple of my now competitors and I said, hey, let's sit down for coffee. I want to learn a little bit about what you do. Uh, I think I'm in a position to refer you business. And at the time I kind of took it as getting the cold shoulder from everybody I reached out to. They, They didn't seem very motivated to To want to take me up on that coffee. So um, I thought that either uh, business was so good that they didn't need to waste their time with somebody like me, or that um, maybe they were blind to the the opportunities someone in my position could offer them. And as some changes were being made in the moving company, um, notably to the way my comp structure was going to be, um, I decided uh, that uh, maybe it was time to you know take the leap and uh, I was fortunate enough to have an uncle, our uncle uh, who <laughs> was in the roofing business who uh, had this beater old truck that he uh, couldn't convince anyone to take off his hands, so he sold it to me um, uh, self financed as as I could make payments, he allowed me to uh, make payments with no particular terms, yeah, know? yeah. I scrapped together every dollar I had to basically put into that truck. I think it was $4,000 was the agreed upon price. And, uh, and, you know, bought some business cards and sort of just figured it out from there. Uh, put in my two weeks and um, I was off. I was suddenly found myself in the junk removal industry.
1: Yeah, and the rest is history. <laughs> nice, nice. Um, so I guess talk about, that's, you know, the backstory, but talk about, like, making the leap, like, actually making it. Um, I'm sure there was a lot of back and forth, but, like, I know you've talked in the past about, like, you know, their doers and, and non-doers. Talk about, I guess, that moment, if it was one moment or, you know, several that kind of led you to be like, all right, I'm, I'm not talking about this anymore. I'm, I'm, I'm doing it.
0: So, I mean, candidly, I... I recall getting a lot of praise from you know from older folks when I was getting started at 23. Um, you know how inspiring it was, especially folks who had like kids around my age and stuff, and how you know how remarkable it was that I was uh, uh, I had the courage to start a business at that age. And um, although I appreciated the you know it was certainly flattering getting that. I always thought to myself, you know, there's really no better time to do it. I wasn't tied down, you know, in any kind of way financially. I I lived with three other guys in a very affordable uh, living situation. Remember it, yep. (laughs) Um, Probably not a conducive environment to starting a business because we were uh, very close to our our college years. We weren't very far removed and uh, our lifestyle was very reminiscent of, you know, the frat house mentality but uh no comment (laughs) but uh so you know there wasn't a lot of risk as far as i was concerned um i also happened to be in an industry where it was uh pretty low barriers to entry um and so the the biggest challenge was sort of the 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 ego hit from going to from sort of a polished uh you know i guess that's a matter of perspective but sort of the the, the stigma of a polished salesman, even though I was coming from sort of a blue collar industry mm-hmm. to being a guy on the trucks. Um, and I remember, you know, certainly with a college degree um, that uh, certain people questioned whether or not, you know, I was making the right career path mm-hmm. um, or career choice rather. And I just thought, you know, if it didn't work, you know, what's the worst that could happen? I moved back in with mom and dad and, yep. you know, start over again. It's not like I've, I'd be losing that much. Yep. Um, so from that standpoint, my mindset was kind of like, I went into it almost as an experiment. Um, I mean, of course I wanted to do well, but mm-hmm. it wasn't like my back wasn't quite up against the wall. Now, fortunately I had work ethic and I, you know, I, uh, you know, part of that sort of that ego piece was, I guess you have a little bit of a chip on, on your shoulder when you proclaim to the world that you're going into business for yourself. Yep. Um,
1: and you had the experience of people kind of, kind of turning you down in a sense. The the people you spoke with, I'm sure that fueled it a bit.
0: As well, well. some of the people who doubted that um, the industry I was getting in was the right choice. Yeah. Um, I don't know that I was trying to prove them wrong, but
1: sure, there's there's some a part little bit of, of that yeah, in yeah. there. And MJ uh, took it personally. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> yeah.
0: So. Yeah, I, it was just—it's uh, something I kind of stumbled into. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, you know, one thing that I've always uh, sort of a perspective on life that I've always had is um, I'm 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 a real big advocate that um, uh, you get out of life what you put into it, and uh, your destiny is sort of yours to control. Mm-hmm. And what I very quickly recognized in, in stepping out from working for somebody versus working for myself is that um, there are a lot of circumstances that can influence business, but, um, and a lot of things you can't control, mm-hmm. but when you are your own boss, when you are starting your own company, um, you know, the, the weight is on your shoulders. And that challenge, I think for me was a very positive thing. Like mm-hmm. I, I could control my destiny for better or for worse. Yeah, And I like
1: that challenge. Yeah, you didn't have to depend on anyone else. Awesome. Um, so that kind of touches on, you know, the beginning and, uh, you know, I was, I guess not there for the very early days, but, you know, I was aware of them and the struggles and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, when did you, like, when did it hit you? Again, I don't know if it's a specific moment or a series of moments or a time period when you realize like, okay, this is actually working. And like, it's an actual, an actual business. Like, this is not going to flame out. Like, this is something that is consistent. We're getting business. I'm, um, you know, have people potentially working for me. Like, when, when was that moment?
0: So, you know, not unlike your story, uh, I think one of the best things for sort of like the building of the foundation of the business was the fact that it was so bootstrapped that, um, there was never this moment of relief where we're like, ah, oh, we're in a good place. It was always yeah, one job to the next, you know, like we were, we were struggling job to job at the beginning and, um, that's a, there's a lot of humility in that. Um, but the, the benefit of it is it forces you to focus on the quality of your services. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, from day one, it was kind of just like, w- let's do, uh, you know, let's try to create a remarkable service experience. And if we do that, then um, it will it will hopefully lead us to our next job. And the mindset was you kind of get what you deserve in that regards because if you're really knocking people's socks off, they're more inclined to talk about you. Mm-hmm. And, and um, you know, you're mentioned at the dinner table or at a, at a party or, you know, somebody – is, is more inclined to recommend you to their friend. Mm-hmm. If you do just an okay job, uh, maybe they'll use you again if they're satisfied, but they might not be as willing to remark about you. Yeah. And if you do a bad job, they'll probably talk shit about you. Yeah. So um, it was always just, our our focus was on just like really trying to knock the socks off of the customers as best we can. Each, and each time. Each time. Yep. And with that being uh, sort of the priority, uh, it became clear to me that like a lot of companies don't do that very well. Mm-hmm. And even at 23 years old with very little, you know, real world experience, mm-hmm. I quickly recognized that like it doesn't take much to provide really good service. Like, yeah. And at the time when I was on the trucks and stuff, I kind of had this perception that what company could hold a candle to the experience me as a business owner could provide. Mm-hmm. You know, our biggest competitors were sending employees. You know, I was pretty sure that I might not be better at hauling junk than them. Mm-hmm. I most likely wasn't, but um, I could certainly, I certainly have uh, enough uh, sort of passion and customer service that I could outwork them in the experience side yeah. of things.
1: And like common sense, like people want to be treated a certain way. Yeah, people. M- missed that a lot.
0: Basic things. Yeah. Thanking people for business. Yeah. You know, looking them in the eyes, building rapport with them. Yeah. You know, being fair. hmm Reminding them at the end of the appointment that, you know, we're a referral business and our success depends on that. Following up afterwards, in our case, if we cause damage to a property or something like that, like being on top of that immediately. hmm That sort of thing. So yeah. I mean, that's not really super hard. I mean those are really the basics. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes when businesses get bigger, they kind of forget the basics. Yeah. They they move away from the basics because the the momentum of the business is forcing them to focus on you know sort of money. Money and, you know, bigger, more complex problems. And really, you know, at the heart of it is just, you know, we always say that our competitors weren't necessarily the other junk removal companies. They're just every service experience that every customer has had yeah that's a bar that was set at some point Mm -hmm. so we've got to do better than that
1: yep it's a really interesting way to look at it cool so
0: So, i i don't know if i answered your question but uh i forgot
1: what the question was to be honest but (laughs) no i'm kidding uh no you definitely did you definitely did and you talked about this kind of goes into the next question i had here um you talked about it with like the bootstrapping stuff you know at the beginning you're just clawing your way um, and you're figuring, you know, you don't know anything. I mean, still don't really know anything in a lot of senses, but um, there's this book and like this, this author, Ryan Holiday, the book is called Obstacles the Way. You read it? No, I haven't. So basically it's pretty self-explanatory in that title, but he talks about, you know, instead of every hurdle, every obstacle that you come to, like freaking out, like understanding ultimately that that's the journey like it's going to be hard like each roadblock that comes up is like it's not like oh shit what am I gonna do now it's like okay this is what I signed up for essentially and like really embracing that um for me personally like that's something I have to constantly remind myself like even this week I, I had like several things happen that I was like what what's going on like what what is happening but um when did you realize like all the day-to-day stuff that like is frustrating and, you know, little things, it's, it's gonna, that's just kind of what you signed up for. So. And do you prescribe to that, I guess, do you prescribe to that mindset of embracing the journey more so, you know, it's, it's also embracing the journey more so than the outcome. And even if shit Goes wrong, kind of keeping an even, uh, even mindset.
0: Well, I mean, you have to; otherwise, it'll eat you alive. I mean, yeah, there is no place that you get to where everything is easy sailing. Yep, you know,
1: there's always a, d- a new problem.
0: So, if you're not enjoying the experience, then you're miserable. And I've been through definitely periods of time where I was unhappy. I, I could say that, um, and I've been through periods of time. I think I'm in one right now where I I was very focused and motivated. Um, And that's just, you know, part of being a human being, but um, business is a collection of problems and you're never going to solve them all. Mm -hmm. It's basically, you know, how do you get people sort of moving together to, to, to collectively sort of tackle those problems and, and try to have a good time doing it. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the, in recent years, one of the, the the shifts that that I've made has been, you know, I've been forced to be more focused on operations. Um, you know, by default, we're a bigger organization now, and with more people and with more complexity comes sort of more internal focus as opposed to maybe some of the things that I think um, suit my personality better, which are the fun things like marketing and you mm-hmm. know, going out and. Um, Doing presentations and meeting people and stuff like that, um, policies, process, procedures, stuff like that. That that feels like big company problems, and I'm doing more and more of that. But I'm trying to keep an open mind about adjusting, um, developing those skills that aren't that aren't necessarily um, my strengths. Mm-hmm. And you know, remembering sort of the the end vision, um, and I think that's really important too. Is you know if you if you know the direction you're trying to go, then, mm-hmm. it, you know, it gives you more purpose when you wake up every morning. Um, even if you, you know, you have a bad string of days where it's just, you know, it wasn't your favorite week. And yeah. I, I get that just like anybody else. Yep. Uh, you've got to sort of embrace those challenges. That's part of the business in the first place. And I don't think that's unique to a business owner. I mean, every, every business has these problems and, mm-hmm. you know, um, you just have to have a culture yeah. Of like, this is going to happen. So how do we like, how do we communicate well? How do we, you know, hold ourselves accountable to making progress? And how do we try to enjoy the the, the experience a little bit? Yep. And the challenge, I think, for a lot of people, myself included, is when you're always forward focused, you don't really appreciate the present.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and so sometimes it's kind of like, you know, just remembering to just like, Focus on what I can control now. Don't live in the future. Don't live in the past. And just, you know, try to make progress every day.
1: Yeah, it's hard. Daily, yeah. Daily uh, incremental, incremental change is is important. Um. Yeah, I mean, you kind of just talked about it as well, but, and we've talked about this in the past, but um, being present, like enjoying enjoying the moment, and like, um kind of your approach to work-life balance? Like I know, just speaking candidly, like you've gone through periods where um, that may have been a bit lacking. You may have been putting potentially too much pressure on yourself, working too many hours, and maybe that may have had some um, unintended or unforeseen um, effects on on your personal life. Um, how is your approach to that balance changed, I guess, mentally? And like, what what habits and what like routines and practices have you implemented to make sure that, that that stays, I guess, on point? If that makes sense.
0: Yeah, so first of all, I'm not a qualified person to speak on work-life balance, probably. Um, I, I can only compare the progress I've made on that front with my former self, basically. But I would say, you know, first and foremost, exercise. I know this sounds, you know, that's about as 101 as it gets. But
1: uh, we just we just did it before this. Yeah, it's important.
0: I mean, I'm 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 trying to do something um, active and and not just active, but you know, um, challenging uh, every single day, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's weightlifting or sprints or sort, sort of hit workouts and stuff like that. Um, that combined with nutrition, I mean, I really think that um, to be to excel professionally, you've got to you know treat yourself like a professional athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's nothing different about the effects of what you eat and put into your body on your performance mentally, um, as there is physically and um, you know, as you know, I've you know i've I've been very deliberate in the the past you know, certainly a handful of years and sort of prioritizing that in my life. So I think that that's, that's really important. Um, you know, I think at the beginning, uh, I don't know, I can only sort of, I would only give advice to people based on my experience, but I think that there is a need in your earliest days as as a business owner, founder, you know, um, to just grind. I mean, Mm -hmm. um, I don't know what the statistics are and I don't want to botch it, but uh, you know, something like one in five businesses don't make it to their five year anniversary or something like that. That that... Sounds
1: right. Yeah. We can Um, fact check that.
0: And the ones that make it through are not the ones that have the smartest founders or, you know, early team necessarily. It's just the ones with the, the, like the grit, yeah oftentimes I mean there's a lot of factors that go to that into that you could be in the wrong industry and you know you, you could be in the wrong market um but you know you just have to persevere and through that it's just like long hours yeah. you know you, it's a it's a lifestyle that most people probably uh wouldn't be willing to 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 make and I would say you know one of the challenges when starting at you know younger mm-hmm. was that no, I, I had friends, and my friends were doing a lot of things, mm-hmm. and they were having a lot of fun, and I didn't get to enjoy in some of those experiences. Yeah, um, there is a cost to that for mm-hmm. sure, mm-hmm. and I grew out of touch with people and stuff like that. Um, probably some people, you know, uh, it's it's they 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 weren't maybe as, you know the healthiest people to be around, and so that sort of self-selected itself away. I mean, people that were maybe not sharing the same ambitions or something like that. But um, a lot of it are people that, you know, I wish I had done a better job to stay in touch with. Yeah. But the grab, the gravitational pull of the business was so significant that, you know, it drew me away. Mm-hmm. And so um, if I could do that over again, I think I would, you know, be more sort of deliberate about just being in touch with people. I mean, there's nothing more important than, um, your relationships. Mm -hmm. And, uh, that's something that I didn't really manage very well early on.
1: Got it. Got it. Do you think that that, um, like that grit and that mindset of like powering through, especially when it's harder to do so? Like, do you think that's something, you know, I'm a huge proponent of like momentum. And once things get, get going, that it makes it easier, but that comes from just you know, forcing yourself to do it, even, you know, implementing these habits, even when maybe you don't want to, do you think that that grit is like something you've built up or do you think it's kind of innate? You've kind of always have had it. Or do you think um, obviously in the early stages you need it, but do you think it, it comes more naturally to you?
0: So, I mean, it's interesting because w- when I was 18 and you asked me, you know, what success would look like for me when I was, you know, in my forties, I would have said, I want to be a billionaire, you know, (laughs) um, at that time, uh, the, the allure of, I don't know, like wealth accumulation and material things seemed like something that I wanted. Yeah. As you know, I like cars, you know, I like, there's certain things that I, that I like and, you know, it i would I would think that those would be sort of motivating tools to work hard mm-hmm. and they probably were right as I was starting my business too um, you know I've in the thirteen years we've been in business, I've done a complete sort of one eighty on that um, that for me is completely irrelevant now. Mm-hmm. Um, I am more motivated by building something now, like just the game of business mm-hmm. uh, is way more fun than you know how much money is in the bank yeah. um, now that doesn't mean that being a profitable business is a priority in my obligation to uh, my team mm-hmm. and my and the company but it's just it, it's what's the point of it like it, it doesn't bring any more happiness I don't believe mm-hmm. um, I, I think the motivation that I now have and, and I'm in it you know not everybody has employees and stuff like that. But those who do is like they're, they're making their livelihood by, um, subscribing to what our business is about and they're buying into our vision. And so to the best of my ability, my obligation to them is to make it so that tomorrow offers them the opportunity to be, you know, more promising than today. Yeah. And it's powerful. Not everyone's gonna you know be with the company forever. Yeah. Um, And but I want to create an experience for them that they're not moving on quickly because they feel like they've hit a glass ceiling Mm -hmm. and that of course, there's some financial components to that, but it's not just about the money. It's about, you know, just progress. Everyone craves the opportunity to grow and to to have, to, you know, create value for an organization and uh, for their career to change and have new challenges and stuff like that. So for me, it's like, you know, if nothing else, it's good business to have to create opportunity for the people that you employ, and you know, my business is at a place now where this is not my business. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a whole team of people who, you know, we've got lots of employees with kids and stuff like that, and you know, they're the primary, you know, uh, you know, breadwinners for their family and stuff like that. That's you know, not making it too dramatic, but that's that's definitely a heavy burden. Yeah, and uh, And the good ones, you want to keep them. And so the motivation behind growth is not about making more money. It's not about adding more trucks or, you know, saying we did more jobs or whatever, you know, whatever sort of superficial things that, you know, know, that you could brag about to sort of relate to your success. It's about like the people that come in as, um, you know, little green navigators on the trucks that are, Mm -hmm. you know, just out of their teens that have no you know direction in their career where they want to go Mm -hmm. and now six years later they're like managers at the company or something like that you know with people reporting to them and them them having some ownership in their work like yeah that's very rewarding
1: yeah i've seen it i've seen it i mean i've seen it in kevin our, our other brother the growth that he's had um which has been tremendous um Talk talk about team. Yeah, I have a couple of questions on team. Just as I'm, you know, at my stage, hopefully, that's that's something that I'm. It's heavy on my mind. Is is building a team and um, what I would look for, um, and the people I bring on, and kind of what what positions are, are most uh, urgent, that kind of thing. But before I do that, I have one question that I think uh, I, I definitely want to know your answer to. Which is what we're doing here. Um, what do you think your best skill is as an operator and leader of the company? If you had to name one skill, that's I guess would separate you from others. Like, what what is? Let's we'll just narrow it down to one skill or one attribute. Like, maybe maybe it's like a productivity hack, like something that you do that is. You would say is like not unique to you, but that you do best.
0: Wow, that's such a good question. Um, Thank you. It forced me to be very self-reflective right now. <laughs> um, maybe I should have taken a glance at the questions you sent over to me this morning.
1: Send one late on purpose.
0: <laughs> so, I mean, honestly, I, I would say it's probably um, getting people bought into my vision. I mean, ultimately, my most important contribution to the company is to create a vision where people say, hey, I can get behind that, right? And especially in our industry, you know, as you can imagine, junk removal is not the sexiest industry, doesn't necessarily have the stigma for being, you know, the place you wanna work when you grow up, you know, who who grows up, who says they wanna grow up to be a junk man? (laughs) Um, There's not a single person on our team that had that desire. They all kind of, like me, like Kevin, we we all just sort of fell into it. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, with that stigma, sort of working against it, um, how do we find the highest quality, you know, smartest, hardest working, you know, with the best attitude type people Mm -hmm. and um, get them bought into the vision? You know, there's there's a very distinct difference between just, ha- you know, somebody who needs a job and somebody who's drinking the Kool-Aid. Yep. And um, so finding the right people who sort of subscribe to the values of the company um, and keeping them uh, motivated and sort of aligned with those values, um, you know, I don't know what that is, what, what you call that skill set. Yeah. You know, it's, I guess it's sales, it's, it's marketing. Marketing, yeah. Um, I mean,
1: staying... staying- staying involved in the, in the day-to-day and with once they're on board, still being very much a part of the process. Right.
0: Yeah. It's just kind of like, um, sort of setting a culture around the values of the business. Uh, that's probably my most important responsibility. Mm -hmm. Um, because you know, you, when you have, you know, as many employees we have now, you know, we're, we're somewhere around 40 employees. They're, you know, you have people that come from lots of different backgrounds and lots of different perspectives. And especially, you know, uh, you know, we're in some um, pretty politically charged times right now. And um, there's lots of differences of opinions on certain issues that were issues in 2020. Yep. Uh, uh, And we won't get into that. But just like how do you s- sort of recognize the differences that everybody has and then sort of get them motivated and rallied around what we're trying to accomplish Mm -hmm. and when it's not their business you know they might not have quite the same level of passion necessarily but like what can we do to get them sort of dialed in and um and not in a like a fake or superficial way but like you know where they're really truly drinking the kool-aid because the kool-aid isn't Collins, you know it's not Collins company it's like this is beyond me this is like you know this is something that a that a business and all its employees are trying to do for you know yeah for its community i guess and the people who subscribe to that and like really buy into that there are rock stars mm-hmm. and the people who don't they kind of they see their way out relatively quickly usually on their own yeah because they're not a good culture fit yeah so i guess yeah my my most in, important job to the company is to continue to refine that vision for everybody and make sure that as we get bigger, we don't lose touch of, you know, the things that are like sort of core Mm -hmm. fundamental to our DNA basically as an organization.
1: Yep. Awesome. So how does that translate then to, I guess like the hiring process, like, again, I don't want to number it with a couple of skill sets or traits, but like, what is at the top of the list of people that you're that you're looking to bring on? Obviously, like enthusiasm, um, you know, a willingness to obviously put in the work that may be a bit laborious. Like what what um, if you had to say like a couple things as far as bringing team members on that um, will help lead to that culture and kind of continue it and try to find people who, who won't leave.
0: Um, so I'd say, like, folks who have the humility to um, to take feedback well, uh, I think that's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I think we do a good job at, you know, not creating a company that's like a command and conquer mentality where, you know, uh, there's a hierarchy chain and the boss is the boss and then, you know.
1: Get in line.
0: Get in line, basically. Yeah. Um, you know, we'll do our best to give everybody a voice, but the expectations of demand we have from people is then if we need to talk, if we need to do a case study on something that went wrong, Mm -hmm. like you need to have an open ear about that and you need to, um, you know, be sort of self-reflective about, Hey, what could I have done better? Mm -hmm. Sort of just taking ownership of the situation. Um, and I'd say that people who, who haven't embodied those, um, those qualities have been some of the hardest, employees to work with Mm -hmm. Um, and i i I can think of more than i'd I'd, you know i'd I'd like to admit uh, just people that were just so unwilling to sort of compromise and the things that they stood for and they believed in when it came to you know how could we have done this differently um so
1: humility yeah
0: and and in that, like, I also have to have that humility too. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes as the, the fearless leader, you forget that, like, you also have to do that if you want to set the tone yeah. for that to be...
1: Admit when you make mistakes, yeah.
0: Yeah. So I'd say that's probably the most important thing. And, you know, part of that is just sort of attitude and stuff like that. Like, you know, we just want to hire happy people who, you know, who... Um, yeah, just just happy, easy to work with people. I mean, you you spend so much time with the people you work with. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and I I, I probably shouldn't say this, but like I, I remember a time when, you know, I looked around the room. This is early in the business. We were small at that time, maybe six or seven employees. Eight mm-hmm. Employees, and I, I I my internal dialogue was, I don't really care for a single person <laughs> that's on this team. Yeah. Um that wasn't a good place to be. No. Because I wasn't rooting for their success. Um, You know, I thought that they were sort of almost like um, out to get the company in a sense. It was sort of an us versus. Trust. Yeah, it was a trust thing. I'm sure a lot of that was a product of my leadership capabilities at that time. Yeah. Um, A lot of it may have been a product of our limited resources and ability to hire good mm-hmm. people. We took what we could get and, um, but it was sort of the, 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 culture around, you know, that, that I had built at the time. And it was just one where it's like, I always assumed that they were, you know, looking for, you know, to, to do the least or to, you know, cut corners. And it was just, yeah. there was no alignment. I, I wasn't looking at them. I mean, and right now, I mean, we have a team where maybe I don't know the team as well, cause mm-hmm. I'm not spending, I'm not logging as many hours with the, the staff. I mean, we're still small enough where everyone knows everyone's name, but you yeah. know you just can't maintain the same level of intimacy with everybody as you grow. Yeah. But there's nobody on the team that I look at where I'm going, you know, this guy is a little punk. You know, I, I sincerely, you know, I enjoy the company of everybody at, at the company. Yeah. And that's really, really important. and, you know, then it makes it so that you're rooting for their success. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. On the same team at the end of the day. Yeah. 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 Trust. I mean, yeah, I've been there with other, other jobs and through this journey as well, not having that trust is sucks. Yeah. Especially when you're, um, trying to, trying to build in the early days. Um, it's, I think it's the most, to be honest, I, I think, that would be my, my answer. It's like trust that the person's gonna do what they say they're gonna. Do. They're gonna be communicative. They're gonna do what they say they're gonna do. They're gonna, um, you know, be selfless at the end of the day.
0: It's it's about it's more about than like, are they looking out for the best interest of the company? Right. Doesn't mean that they're gonna do the right thing all the time. But if like if you in our in our like in our case it, we're handing. You know, twenty-four year olds who are relatively new in their career, uh, keys to a ninety-thousand-dollar truck, and we're saying go out and service four customers in a day. Yeah, you know, we're not just sending them out without training and stuff like that. I mean, there's a process to get them to that point. But once they leave the office, they you know, we have to trust that they're representing the company well. Mm-hmm. And um, it's it's not that they know every policy and procedure, and they they execute on every little facet of the the organization like to the T. It's just like do you trust it generally if they if they run into a problem that they're gonna, you know, sort of be thinking about, you know, how what are the values of the company suggest about how I should handle
1: this? Mm -hmm.
0: And if they handle it the wrong way, then they're open to, hey, like, let's sit down, let's talk about how we could have done this differently and then um they give us the um, the impression that they understand, they've learned from it, and they'll apply those sort of principles or the, you know those those lessons next time. Yep. Um, and then that's what's rewarding as a manager too. Mm-hmm. And the same thing happens down the line, and they've sort of corrected something that they didn't do yeah. properly last time, yeah. and you go, you, "Wow!" Like you see the you've growth. grown. Yeah, yeah, you see
1: the growth. It's awesome. Cool. A uh, couple more questions. This is this is good. This is super, super helpful for me. So thank you. Um, but a couple, I guess, switching gears a bit. Um, I had a question because someone was, was bringing this up recently. I forget who. Uh, I think it was Kevin about... Uh, or someone had asked Kevin in front of me about, you know, competitors of yours. And I just... From your mouth, I wanted to hear um, how you view your competition, I guess, both locally and I know there's, you know, several different tiers of competition, but your approach to to competition um, within within your space.
0: Good. Another great question. Um, You know, I've never paid too much mind to competitors. And that's not because I'm ignorant or, you know, um, because I don't think that they represent a threat to our success in any kind of way. I just feel it's, it's important to know where your competitors are, what their value proposition is, you know, what they might charge and, you know, uh, what their reputation is. Um, you certainly owe it to your business to make sure you have those basic fundamental sort of understanding of mm-hmm. of the landscape of, of the industry but i've seen as a, as a small business i've seen a lot of other small companies in our space i've felt their obsession over us and what we're doing mm-hmm. and i always kind of pitied them because I just think that that's a distraction. Like Every moment you're spending focusing, again, on the things that you can't control is like a moment you're not focusing on something that you can't control. Mm-hmm. And I know it's related. I mean, you your strategy is informed by what your competitors are doing. But, you know, your competitors are going to do what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. And you're going to do what you want to do. And we've always taken this approach. We use the term thought leaders a lot. You know, we just... Um, it doesn't mean that we're unwilling to learn, but we want to kind of, we want to have strong convictions about the, the things that we stand for, mm-hmm. regardless of what our competitors do. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, you kind of position yourself as, you know, um, I don't know. Uh, you stand out as, you know, almost anti-establishment or you don't follow the status quo or something like that. Mm-hmm. And if you pick the right values to get behind and the right, you know, the right... Um, things to prioritize then i think people really respect that yeah and in that regard i think that you know i think that we've probably even though we're just a dc regional business i think we've impacted the junk removal industry right i don't i don't mean to you know make
1: you can flex it's fine uh, like
0: <laughs> audacious statements but i i feel like even like our approach to you know as you know the one two three component uh you know our, our emphasis on donate recycle dispose in the order of which we get rid of stuff um i really think that we've sort of influenced the industry in that mm-hmm. regard um when we first started nobody was doing that um our biggest competitors weren't doing it and we've we sort of built a brand around you know um, what would become of the stuff after we loaded it onto the trucks mm-hmm. and now everybody is doing that i mean it there you're a fool if you're not doing it. And a lot of that is probably just, you know, people paying attention to their customers. Yeah. But we've been so loud about that being sort of the core of our value prop Mm -hmm. that, you know, certain things like that. I just feel like, you know, when we entered the industry, nobody was really putting emphasis on on that. Um, And we said, this is going to be like, you know, our, our elevator pitch. If, if we have if someone says what's the one differentiator you say, you know, do we haul junk out of a house better than the next company? Yeah. I don't know. I guess it depends on, you know, which crew which team member and whether or not they ate their Wheaties that morning. You know, you could probably say on any given day, line us up against ten other junk removal companies. Maybe we're maybe on one day we're middle of the road or we're towards the bottom mm-hmm. in terms of our actual, you know, junk removal capabilities as a as a skill set. Yeah. Um, but, you know, if we're, if, if we stand for certain things and mm-hmm. that's what we're known for, then I think that's more important than like whether or not we've got the strongest team member relative to our competition.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. I'm not sure if that answers your question. No, either. it does. It, I mean, I asked because it's, yeah, I mean, this is all kind of for my own mental bank, but there's, in my, space, there's a ton of, you know, a ton of competitors, a ton of, um, I would say like trends that are typically sought after and and constantly being jumped on, you know, there's a ton of influencer marketing and there's like a, it's easy to be like, oh, you know, they're doing this. Like, let's, let's, let's follow suit. I think it's, um, it's a tough balance to strike, like being aware and, and not, you know, we have what we want to do we have our our game plan and but at the same time being aware of again very different spaces but um being aware of what people are doing but not paying too much attention to it
0: it's important to be informed yeah i think that any individual in any business only has so much bandwidth and you can choose to allocate that bandwidth towards something that's within your control or Mm -hmm. you can choose to you know, allocate that bandwidth um, towards something that you can't control because
1: that that ultimately shows if you're copying someone. Yeah. yeah,
0: and to be fair, we are far from the first company that's in our space. I'm not saying that we invented the industry or anything like that. Mm-hmm. there there are companies that um, have a much larger footprint than us that are much more nationally known than we are, and that's okay. Uh, I you know, I come from. A place where um, you know there's there's opportunity for everybody. Yeah, I want to get a big piece of the pie if I can, but um, I'm not obsessed about you know what percentage I have versus the next company.
1: Because you refer business to other other companies.
0: You know, I've, from a from a standpoint of relationships with competitors, um, I'm an advocate of just being friendly with people. Yeah. I, you know, looking out for other companies. Um, and I think that when people, uh, when companies are sort of obsessed with their competition, mm-hmm. they're actually probably marketing you without realizing that they are, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, I've, I've heard some things through the grapevine from other, you know, other local business owners in our space where it's, you know, it seems like they know a whole lot more about me and 123Junk than I do of them. and. Yeah. It's almost like I take it as a compliment. Like, thank you for putting our name out there. Yeah. You know,
1: you keep thank you for branding. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: So um, it's just sort of an approach that I take. It's like, there's plenty to go around. Yeah. We're going to do what we're going to do. We're not going to badmouth anybody else. Um, we know what our value proposition is and we might not even appeal to everybody. I mean, we don't want everybody's business either. Mm-hmm. There are certain types of businesses that appeal to certain types of people. And we want to work with the people who really fall in love with what we stand for. Um, So, you know, competition is a good thing in a lot of ways, too. Yeah. I mean, our industry, as an example, when we first started, you know, I would go to networking events and people would pull me to the side and say, so I don't really get it. How do you make money?
1: Yeah.
0: The concept of junk removal was so foreign to them. I mean, 13 years later, we're... I think pretty much everybody this, it's not necessarily a large industry, mm-hmm. but most people have a general grasp of what junk removal is at this point. I think.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And yeah. we didn't, we didn't grow that, that, um, collective alone, you know, um, sort of, um, industry education by ourselves. That was, that was a product of us and all our competitors sort of like getting out there in the world. So,
1: yeah, no, I, I feel the same way. That's, I mean, my, <clears throat> go back to me my uh our our space is very new as well so success of others is uh, in my opinion the way i look at it it's only helping us you know there's a couple there's several companies who are you know more established and have been around for longer who are doing big things and i you know there's plenty to go around so that's that's how i look at it as well um We're coming up, I guess, we don't have a lot of time here, but (laughs) I guess we're coming up on, I guess, what we initially had said would be the a lot of time. So I want to get to a couple more questions and we'll close it out. Um, Cool. So, again, coming from, I guess, humble beginnings that we talked about to the place you are at now, um, which, again, I know you don't want to talk, talk specifics but um how do you like continually i guess as you keep growing you know there's more trucks there's more team members how do you kind of harken back to the the early times and not take you know the level of success that you've had so far like for granted you know it's easy to kind of not you know look back on that and and kind of just be in the moment as you know oh shit, like we need to keep growing, growing, growing. How do you like, I guess, humble yourself and have the humility to, you know, not take each win, each, you know, big success for granted?
0: Good question. Um, that, was a,
1: that was a poorly worded question. but
0: I think I get the gist of it. Uh, so, well, first of all, you know, we were talking earlier about sort of like living, living in the present kind of, mm-hmm. um, you know, my... My personal challenge is that I I am so future focused that when when it comes to sort of reflecting back on you know achievements so far I I, I certainly don't give myself or the company much credit I'm 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 always just forward focused in yeah, that well, regard so
1: that uh, was that was where the question came from yeah how, how do you what what have you done to put more emphasis on on being more so.
0: I wouldn't say that's a strength of mine. I mean, it's something I've got to remind myself to do. I mean, um, you know, getting back to what I was saying earlier, when you're 23 years old and you're starting a business and everyone's throwing praise at you about, uh, you know, how impressed they are with you and stuff like that, you know, you you get a little, you gain a little, you know, it hits your ego in a certain kind of way. Now I'm in my, you know, mid thirties and it's the, the, you know, the, the story has changed a little bit. (laughs) It's not quite as impressive anymore. Yeah. Even if I've come a long way since.
1: It's impressive that you're still, that you're still a business first of all. Yeah. But yeah, a different kind of impressive, I guess.
0: I guess you're part of a larger club. Yeah. You know, know, older business owners are probably more uh, common than, younger ones yeah um so i don't know that um i'm getting that same sort of reinforcement like wow you are you know good job we're so proud of you i don't i don't get that you know certainly don't get it from my employees
1: well it's expected yeah it's expected it's more
0: expected um and so i don't give myself that very often and that's something i've got to be more mindful of because It's always like, well, I I don't think we're where we need to be.
1: Yeah, it's and, it's a constant. Yeah, and internal.
0: So I, but yeah, I don't know that um, I don't know that I've I'm the right person to ask for that because I'm I'm always just um sort of yearning for the next step, I guess. Yeah, and it and it, and it it's I don't always even though you know, again, relating back to our earlier conversation, like how, where I focus on day to day, I'm Mm -hmm. kind of, I'm more mindful to like focus my activities in the present. I don't necessarily like self-reflect on all the things that I should be grateful for. Yeah. Now I'm grateful in general, uh, you know, for life and, you know, all the many you know, blessings that I've, that I have. Um, I mean, that kind of stuff, I think I'm, I'm more sort of like grateful for just like, you know, I guess my circumstances and just, you know, my health and all the, you know, all the the things that, Mm -hmm. that I should be grateful for as it relates to business. Um, I'm kind of a Debbie downer sometimes. Yeah. Um, so
1: it's a tough, it's a tough balance to strike. Yeah. Cause you want to always be, I mean, obviously much 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 further behind but um yeah even hearkening back to a year ago like uh, you know it's i think it is important and i definitely don't have the answer to that question either but um, to once in a while thinking about you know we're making strides like things are going forward and uh yeah i mean it's 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 something i know is important to do instead of just being next step, next step, next step. But, um, I mean, I think, I think everyone could, could work on that. Right.
0: I mean, there, there is a beauty to like, like every stage. Like I think back sometimes on like the days where I would wake up early, shower, you know, dress up, go to a networking event. And then by nine o'clock I'd be on the trucks all day in attics and basements dealing with hoarding situations and stuff like that. And then by six o'clock I'd be in the shower again and I'd go to like an evening networking event. And,
1: yeah.
0: you know, just, you know, we, we may have been running, like it was, I was maybe on one truck and we had another crew running the second truck and that was it. Yeah. Um, no, those, those times, like I think back on them, like, wow, those were simple times. Like, you know, yeah. uh, how, how little sort of complexity there was to the business and, yeah. um, you know, that, so i think i i look back in that regard and go wow like you know where we are now relative to that is like two very different places but those are great times yeah um you know like what's the purpose of 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 moving forward um you know
1: if you're not gonna enjoy it
0: yeah if you're not gonna enjoy it so yeah i mean i appreciate you bringing that up because it's just something i've got to be like more mindful of no i mean
1: it's 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 tough for sure i mean yeah, I'm, again, at a much earlier stage, but yeah, bottling, mixing, capping, you know, 700 bottles in a night. I mean, that's kind of speaking to what stage you had just referenced. And yeah, I mean, it's hard It's hard in the moment to, to be like, yeah, I'm going to really look back on this one day. I mean, that's the idea, right? But it's hard once you're doing it, you're like, shit, this is fucking exhausting, but
0: I mean, but how many people do you know or th- do you know of that are like, by all definitions of success, they've reached a level where you're like, wow, like you're almost in envy of them and they're completely miserable, you know?
1: It's, it's tales all the time. Yeah. yeah it's...
0: So they're, they are so disconnected from each other, yeah. you know, like whatever success is, uh, that's, that has nothing to do with like how you navigate your day to day through life, mm-hmm. you know? Um, And so, and I know you and I share a lot of the same things, you know, the same perspectives on like, just like minimalism and stuff like that. A lot of mine, my perspectives on that was informed by what I've seen in this industry. Mm -hmm. Just like not complicating your life with um, noise, noise. just like simplicity is a good thing because it, it, it frees you up to like focus on things you want to focus on.
1: Yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm building... business on simplicity so yeah yeah, i I couldn't agree more um awesome so yeah as i said i I think we want to probably wrap this up uh relatively soon um soon being right about now i think is is a good is a good time um but yeah again thanks for uh coming on our inaugural episode um yeah i mean I wanted to have you on obviously as, as my brother, but also because I do, um, you know, respect what you've built. And I I know that I, I don't always come to you for advice as much as I should. I know, but, um, you know, a lot of that, I I think I I truly respect your, your work ethic and your knack for business. Like I, I, we've talked about this before, like, I think most things are learned and I think like work ethic and mindset play a big part in everything, but I still think like people are more, um, adept and like it comes more naturally for, for certain people. And I think you have more of the natural entrepreneur business mindset than me. So I think part of me is, you know, realizes that. And and I don't want to say it makes me more hesitant to, to reach out, but it's, um, something I envy and something um, I, I should lean on more for you, so again, thank you for uh, imparting all your wisdom um, Thank you I mean you you're growing a great business and you're, you're doing a great thing so um, just wanted to make sure I said that Don't want to get too uh, sappy. We have had a couple beers as we're recording this so um,
0: Well let me say this that may be the beer let so me throw a compliment know. back at you because I think motivation is all around you. And I've, I've seen the work ethic that you've had uh, through what will go down is probably the most challenging period of our lives in, in, through this pandemic. Um, you were forced into a situation where a business that you had, you had to basically go full throttle with it. And, um, you know, you've been building this thing through um, some very – Challenging and uncertain times, to say the least. And um, you know, it doesn't matter where you think you are in your career versus where I may be. Um, motivation comes from everywhere, and I see what you're doing, and that reminds me to stay focused too. Um, I just appreciate people who have a vision, who are focused, who you know, who are willing to grind, and that's what you're doing right now. So, um, uh, I I have no doubt that. You're going to be successful and you're learning a lot of great things right now. Um, You know, stay humble. And I think this podcast is going to be sort of good to help sort of sort out uh, perspectives and thoughts and and things like that. So I know that you're going to have a lot more uh, interesting and uh, accomplished people on here than than me, but I'm very appreciative to be on it and um, I see what you're doing and I want you to know this is, sincere yep and i've only had two beers so i'm not getting too sappy here um uh, keep doing what you're doing because it's good for me as well i probably haven't told you but it's like it's keeping me focused too because i i look at you and i say hey i'm not gonna let that bastard out, outwork me so
1: healthy competition yep.
0: <laughs> but thanks for having me man. i really
1: appreciate it yep yep thanks for being the first guest this is this is great let's let's end it there let's uh we'll cheers and we'll Thanks, Carl. Thanks. Yeah.